The scripture reading today is from the eighth chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 2 through 11. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And when they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground, When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on, Do not sin again. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ever since we started this Lenten sermon series called Sacred Stones, where I have asked everyone to pick up a stone before entering the worship center, a good number of you have asked if you get to throw the stone at someone. And the most common target you cite as wanting to throw the stone is me. So maybe it's a good thing that I'm the only one actually handling the stones today when the scripture story is literally about throwing stones at someone else. Given that, will you pray with me? Compassionate God, all creation delights in your presence through your word. May the wisdom of your spirit bring understanding into our minds and truth into our hearts that we may see how to praise and serve you through the example of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to revert to their childhood for just a second. I'm going to toss out the beginning of a phrase and pause. See if you can complete the phrase. Liar, liar, pants on fire, right? How about this one? We want a picture. Not a belly itcher. This is my last one. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words will never hurt me. Do you buy that? Ask any person who's ever been bullied. Ask them if words hurt, and I think you might get a different answer. Words, labels, judgments, they can hurt. They can hurt a lot. And while they may not cause physical scars, they do cause internal ones. Psychologists have begun to study and learn more about verbal abuse and its consequences just over the last decade. The results are astounding. Though not unexpected, 
It turns out that childhood phrase, words can never hurt me, is completely wrong. Words can and do hurt. This scripture today is one that poses more questions than answers, I think. Who was this woman? If she was, as the text states, caught in the very act of committing adultery, where was the man with whom she was caught? In the eyes of Jewish law, he was equally guilty. Both the man and the woman would have been put to death. Why was he not also brought before this group to be stoned? Why were the Pharisees bringing this woman to Jesus instead of to proper Jewish authorities anyhow? Jesus didn't have the authority as a teacher to punish her. Were they really and truly seeking justice here? Why did Jesus write on the ground with his finger? What did he write? What did he write the first time? And what did he write the second time? Was this story even in John's original gospel? It's not in any other gospel texts, nor is there any direct reference to it anywhere else in Scripture. Since 1611, every translation has noted that there's a weak manuscriptural evidence for its authenticity. So why do we hold on to this story? I think there are a couple of reasons. First, it's a bit salacious, right? Our interest is piqued by this story, by this naughty girl and what will happen to her, this so-called adulteress. I wonder if she would say that name hurts. I think also we can so easily see ourselves in this story. Who among us has not made a mistake? Who has not been judged for our actions? Who among us has not judged someone else when we ourselves are less than perfect? Who among us has not called someone a name, a name like Yankee, liberal, conservative, religious fanatic, those are all names that have been hurled at, my, at me at one time or another in my life. Friends, it's been a rough week for all of us. I've heard people blaming others for careless behavior in the face of a global pandemic, for not washing their hands, for scoffing at WHO or CDC recommendations. How about that person who flew on JetBlue and found out mid-flight that he had tested positive for the coronavirus? Maybe he made a silly choice to fly in the first place, but he did come forward. He fessed up. We're shaming people, shaming people for their choices when the choices aren't clear. We're shaming people for going to work when they're sick, when they have no sick leave. They work or they can't pay rent. If they don't work, they'll be homeless. How is that going to help anything? And I've heard others griping about people who hoard and cause panic, panic in the supermarket as well as in the stock market. I've heard that people claim coronavirus is a made-up hoax. I'll just tell that to the folks who are mourning a grandparent, a parent, or a spouse. This is not the time for judging others and their choices. This is not the time for hurling names and insults at others. Words can and do hurt. What if instead of hurling, 
hurling words at people, what if we use this story as a model for how to behave and how to react? Jesus might ask us, who among us can throw a stone? I guess what I'm wondering is, why are we picking up stones in the first place, especially if our intent is to throw them and hurt someone? In this story, as with so many in the Gospels, our task is to try to follow Jesus' model. While those around him were breaking marriage vows or picking up stones to throw, while they shouted and called someone names as she cowered in fear, Jesus bent down and rode on the ground. He asked questions. He sent people away with more to think about than when they'd first arrived. Jesus did not condemn anyone in this story, not anyone, not the accuser or the accused. Jesus helped them, all of them, transform into better versions of themselves. Or at least he gave them the opportunity and tools to do so if they chose to use them. Isn't that what we're supposed to do also? Today and through whatever the weeks ahead bring us, and I do think we may be in for a roller coaster here for a while, I urge you to think about and remember this story. When you get riled up because you think someone is making a bad choice or reacting poorly, I ask you to look down at that stone in your hand and ask yourself, am I going to throw this stone? Or is there something else I can do to alleviate fears? Lesson tension, transform someone else. And maybe myself, maybe I will experience transformation at the very same time. Is there someone out there who I might be able to help? Someone who can't get to the store or can't stand in line as long as it would take? Is there a church member who's alone who I can check on? A neighbor? A friend? a colleague, ask yourself, what can I do to help someone instead of hurt them, instead of picking up a stone to throw? So this week, since I'm the only one holding a stone, I'm going to lay it here at the foot of the cross on behalf of all of us. This stone represents the verbal stones we've all flung at someone at one time or another. And we do this, we make this confession, because each week God invites us to bring to this sanctuary and place here at the foot of the cross our burdens and our brokenness, our bruised and hurting self-image, our fears, our shame, our doubts, and our anxieties, and all the things, all the things that are separating us from God. Amen. Today, as we sing our song of confession, I invite you to pray for the people who have been hurt by your words. Come as you are ready. Place all that you have thrown at the foot of the cross.